Hey, this is Teddy, and you are listening to the Horror Squad Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Horror Squad Podcast. This is episode number 276. Tonight we're doing a tribute episode to our fallen comrade Chuck. We are covering Carousel Hell. No, is it Caris Hell? I don't Caris Hell. Caris. <laughs> Close enough. Caris Hell, because he was uh he loved those goofy ass movies, and we're gonna honor him by watching one of them. For starters, I'm one of your co-host Todd. We have Joe and we have Steve. Men, how are you doing? Hi everyone. Hey. Thumbs up works really well on podcasts. You need to do like a commentary track, Steve, on like record it right again. Like, yeah, in this scene, uh, Joe is uh, smiling. Yeah, exactly. All right, everyone, just so you know, at uh, the end of the show, we will have a memorial to our French shark. As we announced last week, he passed away. He is the uh, person who you would hear pretty much every single week with audio questions and uh, uh, th- stuff like that. So um, we're going to put that right at the end of our review. So please stick around for those who knew Chuck and want to hear uh, just how much he meant to us. So that'll be at the very end of the episode. Uh, but before we get into the episode, Todd, mm, what did I do? the birthday boy this week. Oh, yeah. That's true. Uh, you know, getting older <laughs> once again. I mean, yeah. you're very old in spirit, but <laughs> actual yeah. age. I'm is about, uh... I'm about almost triple in, in <laughs> spirit age here. Uh, yeah. But yeah, 36 on the 4th, which is Star Wars Day, which is three days from now as, as a recording. So yeah, thank you. Happy birthday. Yes, happy birthday. <laughs> I forgot about it until you brought it up right now. <laughs> yeah, so happy, happy birthday, well, early birthday for us. Thank I guess belated, belated birthday for people listening. Uh, got any plans for the weekend for your birthday? I do not. We have footballs on football on Saturday, so we'll be doing that. My dog had an incident. He's always been like very unfriendly, um, not to our family or anything like that. But he's just you know he doesn't want to be fucked with. His name's Yoda, but he's really angry. So he had an incident where I'm gonna have to take him to dog training on Wednesday and leave him there for like a month. So it's gonna be a stay at home thing. So it's either that or he fucking gets you know worse so he's going to dog training which costs a lot of money and uh no football and that's about it but i do have my birthday pick coming up that we're gonna we push that back a week in honor of chuck so we'll be doing that next show and that's gonna be one of my favorite movies of all time house of a thousand corpses so i'm pumped to talk about that with that with you guys yeah going back to the good zombie stuff so recycled she had a corpse under her bed I'm excited. I'm excited. Red hot pussy liquor. <laughs> I love that movie. Mm-hmm. What watch? What watched? What we got? I think we should. You know, I'm gonna lead off. We, you know, we did movie night this week. Uh, Steve hosts. Obviously, he's a great host. Can <laughs> Joe? Now he has a hat over his eye. He's fucking psycho. He's un, unhinged today. But Steve, an excellent host, and we watched um, Carousel. Car Carahel. Karis Hell. Karis Hell. <laughs> as, as well as Karis Hell Part 2 in honor of Chuck. And it was a good time, you know, a little muted, but still it was fun. Good movies to watch. So I'll be talking about Karis Hell Part 2 since we're covering Part 1 later. Um, oh, man. Whew, this one's rough, man. There, There is um, 
way too much plot for this movie's sake. There's um, a big like Nazi thing going on where there's like a group of Nazis that are like have lived for the past 80 years, or whatever, unchanged, and they're in America and they're trying to find Duke, who's the the horse from part one, um, because he's a Nazi or is he? And then um, yeah, we're just following their nonsense. And turns out uh, the the baby horse, whatever you call a baby horse, um, is the main character in this one. And uh, yeah. We'll talk about Carousel one later, but this one is not good. It's not an improvement. It's a step down from an already bad movie. And there's just way too many scenes where characters just in a room talking to each other, like over and over again. We're like, we'll go from like one 10 minute scene to another 10 minute scene of just dialogue. And we only really have one, maybe two kills for the length of the movie until we get to the final, like maybe 15 minutes where the kills do get pretty good. But since the movie's only an hour 10 maybe like to have that much long of a span with just dialogue for a movie that's already struggling with its budget is just unacceptable so i give it a half star out of five and that's available on tubi yeah and just to jump on to that one uh yeah obviously i'll I'll talk about carousel uh in the final segment there but yeah carousel the second is basically it took everything i liked about carousel and gave us less of it and that's a big shame because there are some really cool moments in carousel and this one it tones down the comedy it tones down the gore it tones down kind of the craziness of duke which is the the carousel horse himself yeah it's it's kind of a shame you know they had such a cool thing going with the first one and they just didn't deliver with the second one Uh, the highlight is when uh, duke talks to his son robbie which is another horse and Duke is like, he's like a carousel horse, essentially, that they just do voiceover on top of, whereas the son, Robbie, is actually like a costume of a horse or a unicorn or whatever it is. And it's it's goofy, and there were so many opportunities with that, but it just doesn't deliver. So I gave it one and a half stars. Oh, I, I forgot to mention that in my letterbox review, someone responded saying, I didn't get the movie. <laughs> like, get what? <laughs> but yeah. All right, Steve and I are going to be talking about a movie because we have a tease for next week. Steve, you want to tell us the little tease? Yeah, that's right. So uh, there's a movie coming out, which is actually unavailable right now. It's touring festival. So it's going to be maybe a little while before anyone sees it called The Forest Hills. You might have heard of it because it was put in the news uh, not too long ago that Shelley Duvall is making her long-awaited acting return after 20 years, and it's in this movie that she does. Also stars Edward Furlong, uh, Dee Wallace, um, Phyllis Rose, and a bunch of other people. So we, I got to talk to the director, Scott Goldberg, and uh, I mean, usually I put the interview the same week that I do them, but in this case, I think it wasn't proper to do an interview on a memorial episode so we're pushing that to next week and that's what we'll do so but we will talk about the movie though because joe and i did see it 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 was is it the east coast premiere at salem horror fest this past weekend yes okay cool so joe what did you think of forest hills, the forest hills. all right so the forest hills essentially we won't get too spoilery but essentially it's about sort of a man becoming a werewolf i guess 
sort of. I, I don't know. The movie's kind of uh, a mess. It's pretty incoherent story uh, plot-wise. I'll just read the plot off of Letterbox here. It says, A man is tormented by nightmarish visions after enduring head trauma while camping in the Catskill Woods. I, I mean, I guess I'll go with that. But essentially, you know, it's about kind of about a guy becoming a werewolf. Man, I was like really looking forward to this. I will say Shelley Duvall gets all the accolades for this movie because she's great in it. Um, it was great to see her back. It was great to see her acting again. She still got it after 20 years not acting. But everything else about this movie is is pretty terrible, honestly. Um, not without, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it really because we're having the director on next week. So hopefully he doesn't listen to this episode. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it is such a fucking bizarre movie, man, because like I found myself laughing at a lot of parts, but I don't think that was the intention. You know, I, you know, I, it's like one of those movies where it just is unintentionally hilarious. You know, especially like the lead actor, like his delivery is not good. You know, D. Wallace is in here and she's wasted. Edward Furlong is Edward Furlong. He's, you know, whatever. He's he's kind of a lead, which was surprising. I thought he was just going to be in it briefly. But yeah, man, the tone is just all over the place. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's one of my worst of the year I've seen probably just, I mean, someone said it was like if Rob Zombie directed the greasy strangler and it's pretty accurate, honestly, but it's not nearly as good as the greasy strangler. And I, you know, I don't think it was intended to be a goofy movie, but it, it, it comes off that way. So I would say watch the first 10 minutes for Shelley Duvall and then never, and then never finish it. Yeah, so uh, when everyone listens to the interview next week, there's a lot of really interesting stuff that comes into the interview. I don't want to spoil the whole thing, but uh, some of the like kind of notes about it is, one, this was a very messy production. Uh, it was just all over the place messy in the way that things that they promised actors that they couldn't deliver and uh, shoot issues and all sorts of stuff. It was kind of really interesting to hear about that. But more so, I think the movie that Joe and I just watched won't be the movie that everyone is going to watch when it does eventually release because from what you know he says in the interview is uh, the studio or the producers are actually making them reshoot a good portion of it to uh, fit the mold I guess that they want this movie to be because as it stands it is kind of a complete mess it's cool to have all these horror kind of icons in it you know but it's so disjointed and you don't know what the hell is going to happen from scene to scene. And the so Chico Mendes, I think is his name, who plays the main character in the movie. It, it's like it's like funny because it's so bad, you know, it, it's it's like when you see someone fall on their ass and you kind of laugh about it. But also you kind of a little bit feel bad that they got hurt. That That's what watching this movie was like. It just it was unintentionally funny, like Joe said, and. Yeah, it's I don't know what else to say. It's it's such a weird movie. <laughs> but Shelley Duvall, I, like surprised. I, she was pretty damn good. Like I didn't, you know, if you've seen her interviews lately or what she looks like, uh it's obvious she's had kind of a rough go for the last uh, 20 years, but she's still a great actress and it was impressive. Yeah, I, I don't know if this movie can be saved honestly with reshoots and stuff i mean we'll see they're gonna have to really do a lot um but i still think the performances just aren't 
good enough to save this one. But I mean, we'll, you know, we'll see. I'd be interested to see what what uh, the reshoots uh, end up looking like. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm happy that the producers watched this and was like, you know, let's put a little more horror into this movie because. Yeah, I mean, as it stands right now, it's rough. So, I mean, I, I'm pro. I would probably rewatch it to see like what changes, but my expectations are not very high, even with reshoots. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my first one this week is a movie that uh, I don't know if it premiered at uh, Salem Horror Fest, but it was definitely shown at Salem Horror Fest. It's a 2023 film called The Ones You Didn't Burn. So this is a story about a. Um, two siblings who they lose their father and they have to deal with his family farm that he owns and one of the siblings the male he wants to sell it and make money and the female wants to keep it so it's kind of a battle between the two as to what they should do with this piece of property meanwhile the people who live near the property are starting to kind of get involved and they start realizing that there are some uh, dark secrets attached to this property related to the witches from the uh, you know the the witch trials in Salem, and eventually it goes into them you know the dark history kind of catching up to to these characters and one of them being kind of on a drug binge which you don't know if what's going on is actually the witches coming back or it's him on drugs. It's an interesting story. It's actually laid out really well well shot well acted all that kind of stuff good premise good score but it's just so bland like there's not a lot that happens in this movie they focus so much on the family drama that they kind of put the witches stuff to the side and that is by far the most interesting part of this movie so i just feel like they held back too much you know they're making a horror film but they're holding back on the horror so it becomes more like a drama more so than a horror and that was kind of a bummer and the way that they figure things out is just really stupid like for example he finds a book and he tears out all the pages of the book and then he puts them on the floor and somehow it makes like an arrow just there's no fucking way he would have figured that out <laughs> like it's just st dumb stuff like that kind of a bummer i i was enjoying it for the beginning but i don't think it delivers overall i gave it two out of five stars on letterboxd you guys are brutal tonight Okay, I did a video nasty titled Blood Eaters, a.k.a. Toxic Zombies, a.k.a. Forced to Fear, also a.k.a. Blood Butchers. <clears throat> I have no effinent idea why this was a, a video nasty. The English, I just got crazy at that time. I started labeling a lot of things as nasty and not for their people to watch. But uh, this one is about a group of potheads. They're in the forest and they're doing a legal marijuana grow and uh, some federal agents or whatever uh, had been searching for them and they you know ambush them in the forest but the federal agents end up getting killed so their new bright idea instead of sending the cops out to where they were found they want to drop like a special poison on the forest to like kill their crop and kill them or something weird like that but the uh the poison gets on the people the potheads and it turns them into murderous uh, zombie-esque beans right so now we're fo uh, following some like forest ranger type character or epa or something like that environmental guy as he goes into the forest to see what's going on super tame uh, like once again i don't understand what was in here to even warrant a video nasty like i understand evil dead you know it's pretty graphic but this one like has a couple kills but nothing like there's no like disembowelments and a bunch of gratuitous violence or anything like that so I didn't get it. Uh, this one ended up being super boring too. Like nothing really happened that was great. But 
I'm a sucker for low budget zombie films, you know, and if you have the time to watch this over on Tubi, 1980s low budget and i believe it was filmed from a guy during his college years with his friends because that kind of the vibe i got and he never produced another film and uh normally like these little smaller movies i do a bunch of research on them just to see like what everyone's up to and stuff like that and unfortunately this director named uh, charles mccran was in the world trade center when it got attacked and he was killed so that's a, a morbid little uh piece of trivia for you but blood eaters i gave it a one and a half out of five and that is available over on tubi in the u.s Alrighty. Well, earlier this week, after we went and saw Evil Dead Rise uh, last week, Sam dropped a bomb on me and let me know that she's never seen the a far bomb. Yeah, well, yeah, that too. Yes, it was very stinky. Um, But (laughs) she dropped a bomb on me and let me know that she had never seen any of the original Evil Dead movies, the original trilogy with Bruce Campbell. So I said we need to correct this immediately. So. We didn't sit. We haven't watched two and three yet, but we sat down and we watched the original Evil Dead and the remake, 2013. We watched them back to back. So we started with the original Evil Dead because uh, Sam let me know that you know the 2013 was the only one uh, she had seen. So yeah, we watched it. Still holds up, man. Like obviously, uh, the original. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, I forgot how much of a bitch Ash is in the first one. He's pretty. He's a big bitch in that movie uh, for the good majority of it. But man, yeah. I mean, it's great. Like it still holds up. Sam really enjoyed it. She, um, she still, she still said thinks the 2013 version is better. But she also saw that first, so I can understand obviously why. She also um, thinks that about TCM. Come on. She does. I think she does. Yes. Yeah. You know, what can you do? Yeah. I mean, it's great, man. Uh, you know, the, I will say that the, uh, the tree rape scene wasn't as brutal as I remember it from like my childhood. Cause it's probably been like a good, like 10 or 15 years since I've watched the original in it's like full entirety, but I mean, still like a brutal scene, but just not as crazy as I remembered it. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's just really entertaining. The woods, everything is just, it's just great, obviously. I mean, I gave, I, you know, it's one of the best horror movies of all time. Then we got to 2013. And yeah, I mean, it's like a very similar premise. I really think it's bullshit that the director says it's not a remake. Because there's like, it's basically like almost beat for beat the same exact storyline in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously like it's, you know, they go for the uh, the girl trying to withdraw, which I think is kind of a cool little difference. But I mean, there's like a lot of very big similarities, obviously it being in the cabin in the woods and all that. And I gotta say, man, this fucking movie, I haven't seen it since theater, since I, I think it first premiered in theaters in this entirety. And holy fuck, I, this movie fucking rules. Like it is, after watching it this time, I think it is, if not like tied for the best, the best Evil Dead movie. It fucking goes balls to the wall, like beginning to end. It, there's like never a dull moment. The fucking brutality in the movie between the girl cutting her face with the glass and slitting her tongue with the glass, the fucking nails, the nail gun scene. It's just like crazy shit after crazy shit. Um, and then you get to the finale with the fucking the blood just pouring from the sky. And shit. It's awesome. It is fucking awesome. I changed my score after watching it to a, a four and a half and a five, which is what is my highest Evil Dead score with the original, which is also a four and a half out of five. So I think it's equal to, honestly, um, as good as uh, the original Evil Dead. So big props to that movie. I think it rules. And Sam obviously loves it as well. She thinks it's the best. I can't say it's the best just because 
without that without the original that movie wouldn't exist really as is so but yeah fucking awesome movie highly highly recommend it did you uh put that in your 2010 top 10 i don't remember i i don't remember i don't i don't i think i did and if i didn't it's a great disservice honestly (laughs) now (laughs) after watching it yeah yeah all right uh, my last one this week is another movie that screened over at Salem Horror Fest. So I think all of these are going to be available on VOD soon. This one is 2023's Bliss of Evil. It's an Australian film. So this one is about a band and the people who work around the band. They go to a studio space so they can rehearse you know, for an upcoming tour. And the studio space is in a bad part of town. So once they go into the studio to rehearse, they actually lock up the facility because there's so much like good equipment and stuff like that, that they're afraid like things are going to get stolen. So uh, they are planning to basically spend most of the night there as they rehearse for this group. And then the manager of that facility would come back and unlock it so that they, uh, you know, they can leave. So they start going through the whole process. You get to know all the different people at play here, the band, the people working for them, the producers, uh, the groupies who are also there. Apparently it's an important part of this whole process. And then one of them gets killed and they start blaming each other. And you don't know who is responsible for the killings. And it becomes kind of a you know murder mystery situation where who was who was doing what when the person was killed and they're trying to piece together who do you trust who do you not you trust is it the new guys you know that kind of stuff up until that part super fucking interesting i was really into it enjoying everything and then maybe uh, halfway through the film they reveal who the killer is and from there the movie just takes a fucking nosedive into the ground the killer is super fucking bland very uninteresting doesn't look good, doesn't act all that well either. He does this fucking thing which really bothered me throughout the film where, you know, they're in a kind of a small space. I mean, they have maybe like eight to ten rooms in the studio that they can go to, but there's not a ton of space in this pl- in this place. And you could actually see the killer starting to go after people. You know, he wants to kill them. And then you see him stop and just stare so they, they can finish their fucking dialogue or whatever they're doing. And then he continues. There's one particular shot where you can see him standing there in another room, but you can see him through the doorway and he's just waiting for the scene to play out. And then he starts going forward almost as if he wasn't supposed to be there. Like he's waiting for his cue to come into the room to start attacking. It was the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. And honestly, completely destroyed this film for me. Uh, It's not like the worst film ever, but it went into such a bad place in the second half that i couldn't uh recommend this one i actually found out so i watched so many screeners lately because of salem horror fest so thank you very much salem horror fest that uh, i had to watch trailers for the movies that i watched to remember like kind of which is which and i the first thing that this movie says is from the people who made skin and marink and i was like oh fucking hell <laughs> that figures so yeah bliss of evil 2023 i gave it two stars out of five it's it's not horrible, but I wouldn't recommend it. Taylor was just being polite, letting people talk, Steve. I know, but it looks so right. good. Can you imagine if, like, <laughs> you know, Freddy Krueger is just, like, standing in the background watching a scene go through and then starts, like, attacking and talking? It it doesn't work. It, it, it looks so dumb. Is he wearing a costume, like a mask or something? Not even. He's got he's got a hoodie, and he's got, mm-hmm. like, a, his his face is completely covered in blood. So it's just like red face, essentially. And 
he just stares at the mirror sometimes and it's just there's nothing interesting about him it it, it was such a disappointment they should have kept it with the murder mystery and you didn't know which part uh, you know was kind of the the bad person because that was super interesting but as soon as they revealed him ruined the movie yeah they should have kept him covered in blood but not revealed it and then pretended that wasn't a plot (laughs) (laughs) right yeah and once again just a a huge shout out to Selim Harfest they really came through big for us gave us a ton of screeners to watch a ton of interview opportunities uh so we really appreciate them for doing that it was a you know I didn't attend a lot of it but from what I did attend it was it was a good time highly recommend coming out especially if, if you want to see like a bunch of horror movies you cannot like regularly see or i mean there you know a lot of premieres stuff that a lot of people haven't seen yet and stuff like that so next year i know they they moved it from october this year they put they put out in april which is a great time to come visit salem because it's not busy and you can see a lot of the town so if you know you want to come visit salem definitely uh, check out salemhorror.com the details for next year i'm sure will be trickling in throughout uh the year but this year of course they had a lot of great guests they had of course the night of the demons cast weekend one and then weekend two they had uh the fright night reunion uh this weekend so a lot of you know horror celebrities and uh you know world premieres of horror movies and stuff like that so yeah check out salem horror fest next year if uh you'd like and my, I think that my favorite film that came out of the uh, fest that I saw was Barry the Bride, uh, which is conveniently uh, on you on Tubi. So mm-hmm. I would that agree. Was probably my favorite one. Yeah. I would agree. We did just get another one that was kind of the talk of the festival, a movie called uh, Saint Drago, which uh, we just got the screener like a day or two ago. I think we are going to be interviewing the filmmakers for that one. That one seemed to be. The really, really popular one. Let me just pull it up, the plot, real quick. I don't know when that one's going to be coming out. Like I said, a lot of these movies are just making their premieres and stuff like that. So, um, And a lot of them are still looking for even distribution and stuff. So, But St. Drago is about uh, a gay couple whose relationship has grown a bit strained. They take an impromptu trip to Provincetown in the off-season. Uh, Caleb, one half of the couple, has been plagued by nightmares of his ex who has been working in Provincetown for the summer. When they arrive to town, it appears Caleb's Caleb's ex has gone missing as disturbing hallucinations continue to haunt Caleb. He becomes more determined in finding him, but the closer he gets, the sooner he nears the sinister secret the town is hiding. So, sounds interesting. So, we'll let you know. Trivia? Sure. All right. The trivia is as follows. Quarter number two, me, Todd, in the lead with 15. Steve in third place with five. Joe, second place with 10. But we are very early in the uh, quarter number two, so let's get down to it. Does anyone want to take lead tonight? I'll start. All right. All right. So my my theme for the night, unsurprisingly. Hold on, Joe's muted. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Let me use Uh that as well. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, my theme tonight is, you know, un- unsurprisingly Chuck. Uh, I'll I'll talk about specifically what, you know, it relates to Chuck at the end, because I don't want to give it away. Well, let me pull up his letterbox real good. <laughs> uh, all right. So first one is the one I like to start with every week now. It is Guess the Movie uh, based off the IMDb Parental Guide. All right. Sex and nudity. Mm. A girl asks to be unzipped. And we see her breasts for a short amount of time. Okay. Oh. Violence and oh, gore. Really? <laughs> uh, violence and gore. A teenage girl is seen burning her hand with a cigarette butt. 
profanity. Scattered uses of the word fuck and some milder profanity, i.e. damn, bastard, and bitch. Okay. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking. A psychiatric hospital orderly tries to get a recovering teenage drug addict to join him in doing drugs. Ginger snaps. Wrong. Part two. Wrong. <laughs> and finally, Son of a bitch. frightening and intense scenes. A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Correct. Uh, the last one was main character of the of the film is killed, not gory or graphic. Main character. Oh, got it. Dream warriors, don't dream no more. <laughs> All right, thank you. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll start us off with three letterboxed reviews. Ooh. Name the movie. All right. All right, starting us off. My quest in life is to find out why the horror community loves this film so much. It ain't all that. It could be a lot of stuff. <laughs> yes. I am glad this film's middle part drags and stumbles. Otherwise, I don't think I could have taken it. The poster sums up everything I find horrific in this film. And finally... Everything that happens in this film is absolute karma for proposing at someone else's wedding. That's the giveaway one right there. Yeah. <laughs> proposing at someone else's Ooh, wedding. Let's see here. First two are pretty vague. Proposing at someone's wedding. Boy. I have no clue. Yeah. I'm proposing at someone else's wedding. That doesn't sound familiar at all. Uh... All right, no. I, I will no say I'll give you a little hint. I mean, it's a it's a big horror property, uh -huh. and well, fairly big. It has um, <laughs> it's kind of, it, it's, it's, it's kind of big. It, it's big. It's big. I'd say it's big, and it has it, it has a sequel. Sounds like you're trying to convince someone. One sequel. That's that's big. One sequel currently. Um, shoot, dude. One sequel, fairly big. Terrifier. I don't know. Correct. Uh, the only thing I could think of with one sequel. <laughs> what what uh, year range are we thinking here? Like last ten years? Uh, 20, I would say the this movie probably came out about twenty-ish years ago. Twenty-ish years ago, so that's actually <laughs> different now. It's two thousands. I don't know, dude. I'm fucking yeah. yeah. <laughs> a blank. All right. Well, the movie is The Strangers. Oh, okay. That's how the whole movie opens. Yeah, I haven't watched the original bad. Strangers in a long time. Mm. It's a goodie. Liv Tyler, what's his face? I don't even remember the actor's name. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, he's in uh, Underworld, the first one. Mm. All right. In Carousel Hell. Carousel Hell. Carousel Hell. <laughs> Carousel Hell, it's a new title. How much money does a pizza guy want? Oh fuck! Uh, Depending on how close. Forty-two fifty-nine. You're yeah, you're close enough. You got it. I was gonna say forty-two something, but I, I think oh, it was forty-two. Yeah. Forty-two dollars and ten. Forty-two forty-nine maybe. <laughs> okay, well, if you're ten cents at your guess, you're forty-two thirty-five. Okay. okay, Steve got it. We'll give it to Steve. Give it to Steve. <laughs> He says it's so he fucking much in the movie for about twenty minutes of the movie. He's talking about it. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so this is 
Uh, guess what movie the, this quote is from. Okay. Dogs and cats living together. Mass Ghostbusters. Hysteria. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Easy. Oi. I'm with softballs tonight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Back to me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Everyone's favorite. Match the killer to the movie. Is it Duke? And, and tonight we have Brahms. Um, oh, the boy. Um, Correct. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I was prepared to scream out Carousel Hell. Though. Me too. <laughs> Car- Car- <Yeah>. Carousel. <laughs> Probably would have got it wrong if I stick Carousel Hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. All right. Carousel. We'll get it one day. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get you to say it right. Show. <laughs> That's like my dad calling everything a Nintendo when I was growing up. Oh, yeah. Er- everyone, everyone did. It's fucking Xbox, dad. All right. In uh, 2007's Inside, a film we reviewed like three episodes ago. Mm-hmm. What character is the first to die? Um, I believe it is the mother. The baby. Baby is correct. Steve. Ah, that is right. Yes, I, was, I would baby. accept a guy or a baby mm-hmm. since they both were in the car crash. So uh, fun fact, it's going to be on Shudder uh, like either today or tomorrow. So this week. Huh. On, the original? You, in, I just said inside. I don't know okay. which, which one, but I'm assuming it's the original. Right. I hope so anyway. Cool. People can check right. out. Yes, the movie based off the Letterboxd reviews. Okay. I'll even tell you. Ooh. These are our reviews. Oh, no. <laughs> and Chuck's. Okay. Nice. All right. I, I almost said the title. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't see how you can give this anything less than a solid number two. That's definitely Chuck's review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. Terrible. Unless Rek you watch Tuma. it. Yeah, that's right. That was mine. That was yours. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that was my first movie of the year, too. But the... Yeah. So my theme were all actually so Chuck only has like 14 movies on his letterbox, and those were three of them. Yeah, his last review for Horror Hotel is like, you're bored, or congratulations, you watched <laughs> this, you're bored or something. <laughs> my last yep. one? Yep. All right. All righty, folks. Last one of the night. In what state and city does the Blair Witch Project take place? Something mass. No. Uh, already wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. Is it Maryland? That is correct. Oh, I got but, it. Uh, I'm going to steal it if he doesn't get it. I got it. It's uh, Bricketsville. Yeah. Maryland. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Damn it. Steve with a three tonight. Okay. Last question, last question. According to SlashFilm.com, which which Nightmare on Elm Street is Robert England's favorite? New Nightmare? I would say say Part 3. New Nightmare? New Nightmare, yeah. I I, I would say why I know that, but I can't for another month. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he just watched watched (laughs) the documentary. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Steve with it tonight. Bring it back. Right, because he could actually he actually got to act in it, like outside yeah. of the makeup. Sure. Yeah. He uh he definitely um talks up uh, Heather's performance as well in it and the mm-hmm. West Craven filming scene, like where they're filming and he's attacking stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um but big night for Steve. He got four. Joe and I uh, tied at two, which brings us to myself Todd at 17, Joe 12, Steve nine for quarter number two. 
All right. Carousel. You can see it right? Carousel. Carousel. Uh, directed by Mr. Steve Brzezinski, who plays the pizza boy in this movie. It's a 2016 release, 70 minutes long. Step right up, step right up, and die. Duke hates his job. He has to let kids climb on his back and ride him for hours every single day. But one brat finally pushes him too far. Duke is broken free of his ride and is on a bloody rampage of revenge. He's going to murder that kid and anyone that gets in his way. So we start off, we're in a little small amusement park, and we're looking at a carousel horse. This little douchebag kid comes on there, picks his nose, rubs it on the, the horse's eye, and then we get the dialogue from the horse saying he's fucking tired of this shit. He has to deal with kids all day, you know, being dirty and gross and sticky and all that, and he decides to break out and go on a murderous rampage. For those who haven't seen the film, um, Duke, the carousel horse, is literally a plastic mold of a horse. It doesn't bend. It doesn't fucking... It's not a guy in a suit. It's literally a green screen horse sometimes walking across the scene. We also have a cast of characters too. A younger-ish girl, like supposed to be maybe 20s or something. She's got a younger brother who's the the nose picker, um, who they <laughs> constantly make fun of him, calling him lunchbox and fat kid and stuff like that when he's not even close to being heavyset or overweight. So that's a stretch. But yeah, we follow Duke around and he, as he's killing, killing people off. And we have characters that are, um, yeah, leave it at that. Seven minutes long. It's over on Tubi. And this is my second watch because I think we watched it like two. I think we watched it when it first came out, if I remember correctly, Joe. But yeah, this one is uh, not my wheelhouse here, but I can say that I definitely did enjoy it more the second time around, probably because we were on a group and we were just, you know, doing our live commentary and it was, it was fun making fun of it. Plus, it was, um, it was fun to think about Chuck and how he would react to watch this movie because the movie was just it's it's just ridiculous it's a movie that's ridiculous supposed to be ridiculous but it's also ultra low budget so some of that low budget indie problems shows a little bit brighter because of the source material so that's carousel carous hell sorry excuse me you guys go all righty yeah so i'd never seen this movie before so i i could have sworn we watched no, it we know we discussed it because like um way back when because it was like it was play disgusting reported on the movie and we were like oh man that sounds so ridiculous and i remember i reached out to the director and we talked about doing an interview with them and then it just never materialized oh, okay. and i never saw it so yeah i never I, i'd never seen this before and honestly, I wasn't thrilled when this was picked. Uh, I was like just fully expecting to just kind of hate this. I was just like, oh man, why the fuck are we doing this movie? But I was like, we got to do it for Chuck. And I could totally see why Chuck, you know, loved this movie. And I gotta say, I was pleasantly surprised. It was really stupid, but in like all the best ways. Yeah, I mean, you know, Duke is is great the the carousel horse surprisingly like most of the comedy like for a micro budget movie hit pretty well for me like i found myself laughing out loud quite a few times which doesn't happen very often these days uh for me in movies but i thought it was it was really well done surprisingly the practical effects were damn near fair like fantastic for a movie like I don't know what the budget was, but obviously it was nothing. You know, this was like a nothing budget movie. And I was surprised. There were some great fucking kills in this movie. So that was really cool. I guess like my only like huge complaint about this was is is Duke in like the carousel horse. Like I wish they did some puppetry with him. Like so when he did talk, like you would see his mouth move. I think that would have added to the comedic uh, elements and stuff like that. It would have been great. Just having kind of a static horse was a little, you know, I just feel like it, it could have been better 
you know, really could have, they really could have added it. But overall, I actually had a, a lot of fun watching this by myself. I think even it would be even better, like in a group setting or after a few beers or something. But completely sober, I enjoyed this, and that was shocking to me. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm kind of to blame for this one. Um, so we said last week that we we're letting our Discord kind of vote as to what movie uh, we we're going to review this week, and I threw out Carousel because. I, I found this movie just on Tubi, randomly searching for stuff, and I watched it. And my first reaction was, "I gotta, I gotta tell Chuck about this because he's gonna fucking love this. It's so like his type of movie." And sure enough, he absolutely did. And I know that he just told everyone about it. So a lot of people in our Discord had seen it because he had told people about it. So when I when I put it out there, everyone stopped essentially putting out recommendations. They're like, "That has to be it because that was the most Chuck movie ever." And I agree, you know, it's it's like you guys said, is it a good movie? No, but it's so friggin' funny at how bad it is. Uh, the CGI, you know, CGI, we always complain about CGI being really bad, but this one was like intentionally bad. Like there's a scene where Duke is just like floating in the air as he's going towards a kill. Uh, just I And I just laughed out loud in the uh, in the stream that we did this. But the practical effects, like Joe said, holy shit. They're impressive for a, especially a low budget movie like this. There are some really cool kills, and I adored it for that. And there are a lot of surprising moments in this. There's stuff that just comes out of nowhere. Ninja stars out of nowhere. Why not? There's a sex scene that just I didn't see it coming, and it was hilarious as hell. Just the way that they filmed it and the way that they played it off. Uh, they have like a party photo montage of Duke just like partying with the people in the house. There's incest between two characters for absolutely no reason. Um, just a lot of really uh, weird stuff. There, there's a scene. So there's this pizza guy, like we said in, in the trivia, uh, not in the trivia, in the yeah trivia, that he comes in and all he wants is basically his money. And that's actually the director who plays the pizza man. And there's a scene where Duke tries to kill him with the pizza cutter. And he's just like, cutting his face away and then he says this is really the most inefficient tool ever to do this and he just quits he just stops doing it because it just wasn't working all of a sudden he has laser eyes at some point it's ridiculous i mean obviously it's meant to be ridiculous but i i enjoyed it i i had fun watching it the first time i had fun watching it this time it's just one of those movies that turn off your brain and enjoy the ride because uh it's a good time yeah, I want to touch on your CGI thing. Like, yeah, I think we all shit on CGI when it's bad. For example, if we have, if we saw like terrible CGI in Evil Dead Rise, we would have been like, oh, fuck this movie. That's an automatic negative three, blah, blah, blah. But in a movie like this, it adds to its charm um, because it's just like, yeah, it's a, it's ultra low budget. They're obviously not trying to be serious because it's a fucking plastic carousel horse killing everybody. Honestly, is this the movie? Like, I, I couldn't see myself watching it solo like Joe did. But I think this is like a perfect movie to watch how we did on a, on a in person in a group or whatever, or on video like we did. I thought it was really fun. And I, yeah, piggyback off the the good gore. It's like weird that the, the gore is so good in this because everything else is like really low quality. And then we have this high quality kill, especially like the face melting thing. That was really neat. So positives for that, for sure. Oh, and I really like Preston, like the the party, I guess, like, alpha male is the wrong term but the dude that thinks he's like really cool and everything and he's like constantly being a goofball i thought his performance is really really good in this what did you think of their portrayal of the canadian steve in this movie 
Yeah, the two French Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was funny, you know. It's the really random. Like, yeah, I don't know why they made that choice. They didn't talk French Canadian at all. They're trying more for a Parisian accent. It, it's just, I don't know. I, I thought those characters were kind of pointless, though, at the same time. But it just added to the randomness of this movie, of which there was a lot of, you know, just a lot of random shit that would happen throughout the movie. Now, I will say that even though it's only 70 minutes long, I felt the middle kind of dragged. There's a pretty chunk, big chunk of film where Duke doesn't appear at all. Uh, from the time he goes from, you know, the, um, you know, where he, where he started at the carousel to when he gets to the house, he just doesn't, he's just not there or he's waiting outside for a long period of time. And that's where the film kind of, you know, comes down a little bit. But when Duke is on screen, I enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, no, 100% agree. I think they spent a little too much time like building the characters, I guess, of the party. And you just want to see them die anyway. And you just want to see Duke kind of take over the movie. And he does. Like, he does come back and he pretty much controls, I would say, the good majority of like the last half hour of the movie. I mean, the movie's only an hour and 10 minutes. At, I, I think it's even under that. I think it's like an hour five, really. Like, it's an hour 10 with, cre with credits and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's like a, that was also like a really, like, this was like, the thing directors make the mistake of they in these micro budget movies like fucking uh what was the treks of the corn that was almost two hours long this was perfect like an hour is like the perfect amount of time for you know a, a movie with just like a ridiculous premise that like this yeah i mean you know directors and filmmakers can learn of micro budget movies can learn from uh this guy because i think it was like the perfect amount of time any longer i think it would have started to wane on me and my score probably wouldn't went down but uh, i thought just it hit the sweet spot of just the right amount of time so what were your favorite kills in this movie i mean obviously the laser death scene is is incredible like incredible like i was blown away by the practical effects they did for that um i thought it was awesome there was also um a scene where i think he uh duke like he like throws his hoof at the and like the head fuck like the skin like rips yeah. off or whatever that kicks him yeah that, yeah that, that was awesome um those two stand i think the kills progressively get better as the movie went along um so i think it you know it started like i mean the kill in the, the beginnings i thought for sure i'm really glad that they kept it original because i thought for sure in like it was going to be just scene after scene of duke putting his unicorn thing like into people and it was just going to be that you know and if that's the way they went this movie would have been really dull and lame but they kept it fresh they did ridiculous stuff i i did kind of roll my eyes the throwing the throw the throwing stars mm -hmm. um, i was like that's fucking ridiculous but it was funny like you know and then it just progressively got better and yeah i mean the kills are definitely the the big standout in this movie without those i think this movie probably isn't as good or probably even worth watching but they uh yeah they did a great job with the with the gore yeah those are good ones um my favorite is probably the random one where the kid gets ran down by the car at the end uh, yeah because <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't expect it and then it's pretty graphic so you're just like holy shit and to end on that note is um it just caps off like at a ridiculous a ridiculous movie as it goes so that's that's a standout for sure it's like a toxic Avenger moment. Yeah. <laughs>
yeah it's fine is that the whole point of this movie is duke wanting to kill this kid just because he put a booger on him like an hour before you know it's uh kind of a funny motivation throughout the, for the film and yeah it's just so much fun um it's you know it's a good time but as a group because when we watched it as a group we were laughing at just the ridiculousness of it all and uh, yeah. yeah i got i gotta say that sex scene really delivers too like I right? if i if i was like young watching this i'd probably fucking could be into it man like we said some weird shit growing up and you see like a boob like you latch on to it and like this one like is pretty insane i remember us commenting too about how um <laughs> that actress like telling her family like yeah i'm in this fucking movie i got this big role and then they watch it and it's five minutes of her getting banged by a <laughs> carousel horse i just thought that was so fucking funny because it's so it's so graphic it was it, it was i like i laughed out loud like in, i was watching it like in the car um uh, like waiting at work and it was just like i was laughing to myself you know and man it was it was, it, it was done so fucking well like it was just like so ridiculous but like just like all the different sex it, it reminded me a little bit of um uh, team america world police like that like just yeah, a ridiculous right, yeah, yeah. next scene where you're just like this is so ridiculous but hilarious at the same time so yeah i mean that it worked like it, it worked it was it was fucking funny yeah it, it, the, the really the genius behind this film is that they, they, it's like they had this carousel horse you know they bought it they, they saw it at like a flea market and are like oh shit we got to pick that up and they did the most amount of movie that they could with this carousel horse, you know, uh, they just made a whole movie out of it. And I don't think there's anything that was left out. You know, we got the sex scene, we got kills, we got all sorts of stuff. It was like exactly what it needed to do with this horse. And it ended, you know, when they were out of stuff and it was, it was great. Uh, I actually looked into the movie a little bit because right now the third one is um, they're, they're funding for it. So it's a, I forget which of the, funding sites that they're using for it it's one of the like, kickstarter or something like one of those and apparently the first one was fully funded by a rich guy so that's probably his house in the movie and it was just fully funded so they had kind of you know a lot of money or not a lot of money but a lot more money than they did for the sequel which super shows like in the sequel that todd and i talked about in what watched like there's a german well, not a german nazi flag and you can still see like the folds from where wherever they bought it it's like they just unwrapped it from the plastic put it on the wall and it, you know it's hanging there even though it's been technically hanging there for like 60 years or whatever it is yeah. so there's a lot of stuff in that too it's like um at one point i was pricing all the the props because it was like oh this is obviously bought from this store and you go online and yep there's the the black mullet that's for 19.99 on amazon right now and there was a mystery too with part two because you see a klaus he's uh, one of the german guys and he's in a um hot dog like outfit and he's like oh shit there's like blood on the shoulder like and steve brought up like i wonder if he was killed out of sequence and then now they fucked up because they only had one costume and we're like all right we're gonna figure out when they shot this film because we're gonna see that Klaus suddenly will have blood on the the costume and another scene won't but the thing is the entire movie he has blood on it so like what happened like did they use this they used use costume? Hot dog <laughs> <laughs> yeah in another like thing i don't know it's just funny yeah, yeah it but is. the see the the part three I think has a budget of eleven thousand bucks right now if I remember correctly eleven or fourteen so yeah that's funded we'll see 
exactly. And it's funny, like uh, Todd, well, we watched it together on the in the thing, and he sees there's a random person in the background, like really far in the back of a shot. There's one creeper who's kind of just like peeking throughout, like you know, outside of a door. And Todd immediately points him out. He's like, "That creeper is up to something." And they, they, it's not like he was framed at all. He, he was basically just background uh, character. But sure enough, later in the film, we see that creeper come back and do something creepy. And we're like, Todd called it. It's hilarious. He called it. <laughs> I thought it was just a mistake. Like the guy forgot to act, and he was just like standing in the corner the whole time. But no, he was. Not a pivotal part, but definitely a big part of it. So, is there a subtitle carousel too? The second. The second. Oh, okay. Lame. I don't even. Do we even mention the cowboy guy too? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he was. He was definitely the lamest part of the movie for sure. I, so, I was not enjoying him. It's crazy that he hid the gun in the kid's ball pit. Like, like that was stupid. That's was a sequel. He... Oh, that's a sequel. Yes, yeah, sequel. Yeah. Really? Oh. Was there a cowboy in the first one? No, it, it wasn't the cowboy. He was he he was a cowboy. He but he was um he was like a character. Like he was like yeah a, he was on the yeah, first yeah. one. Was he yeah, yeah. the first one yeah, with yeah. the ball pit? Yeah, I don't oh. remember a ball no, pit. I think he gets a, he gets a gun. A doesn't he? he gets a revolver, right? Yeah, in the I first one, I I don't remember yeah, anything. No. I don't remember anything involving a ball pit in the first yeah, movie, unless it was at the carnival. Maybe got to mix it. Maybe we need to do a super edit. Get them all together. Yeah. Cut the fluff and just went to he's in the part sequel. Too. I thought he's in the sequel because I thought he dies at the end of the first one. No, so he's not. But he's a, yeah, oh, someone okay. someone gets a revolver. I think I think it's in the sequel in the ball pit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now that character just it didn't register with me at all either. No. Uh, just uh, and it could have been great, but they didn't could have developed right. it enough. You know. Agreed. What you, I also didn't love Duke's voice. Uh, I don't know. Just maybe more of a nitpick than anything, but. Yeah. Had they, like I said, had they done the puppetry, I think it would have been better. But um, I don't know. I just didn't love the voice actor's voice for it. I think it could have been funnier with someone different. Yeah. Back, back to the cowboy. Was he meant to be a human wearing a costume, or was that supposed to be a human? And we weren't supposed to acknowledge that he was in a costume. You know I, I mean? think a human wearing a costume, but who the hell knows? Who knows? Right? Yeah, who he, knows? He, was, he was working at the carnival, so I mean, I don't. Yeah. It was, know. It was so random. Also, um, shout out to the Evil Dead lunchbox in the back. Yeah, so, <laughs> during the stream, we uh, theorized that he had this really awesome lunchbox, but he had no other lunchboxes that were cool. So he just put like three random lunchboxes and put the Evil Dead inside of it and made a whole scene just basically to show it off. Because well, he talks it. about his lunchbox collection, but mm-hmm. there's the Evil Dead one, which is amazing, and then two really like normal fucking lunchboxes next to it you know it's that's yeah, it's mm-hmm. it hilarious also interesting culinary choice putting um two pieces of slight like uh what was it sliced cheeses on top of the cheese pizza oh, it's and then buying it. <laughs> they're so <What> gross <laughs> all right yeah. all right Ready? I think that's about it. <laughs> yeah, there's not much else to talk about. about I, I, I like the, how we we still have these really deep conversations during during yeah, the, show the, the most ridiculous like, movie. The theory based on the lunchbox and the <laughs> the cre- oh man, it's fucking <laughs> the hot dog stain. Yeah, the, <laughs> the second one. Oh, <laughs> uh, it went. You know what's fun though? Like you know they had a fucking hell of a time making this movie. Oh I'm yeah, sure. definitely. they had a fucking blast. Because how can you not with that, you know? Um, 100%. 100%.
Yeah, and in part three, you can pay what a thousand bucks to be in the movie or something like that. You get, you get <laughs> killed. Fun. You get killed for a thousand dollars. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, let's go yeah. three way and all three be in it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, want to rate it real quick? Yes. Okay, yes, I'm, I'll absolutely. be the lowest. I'll be the lowest. I'll be the Debbie Downer like I normally am. This is not a good movie, but it was very fun to watch in a group. Two out of five. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's not a good movie. Um, obviously, I mean, but. I still had like a blast watching it. So if you're into like micro budget, trashy movies like that, I mean, you know what you're getting into with a movie called Carousel. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to give it a, a three out of five based on that scale. Like, you know, it, I, I had a, a ton of fun watching it, but, you know, go in with the caveat knowing it's, you know, it looks like, you know, some friends made, it looks like the three of us kind of made it in our backyard type, type thing. And, but this, I mean, I think this goes to show that you can, make a legitimately like fun movie um with no budget like at all and just having a good time and you can actually make a movie that other people will enjoy as well all you need is one friend who knows how to do makeup effects because right that yeah that definitely elevated this movie a lot uh so this is my second time watching it i will admit not as fun the second time when you know kind of what's coming you know uh, so seeing like the sex scene i knew it was coming and unfortunately that kind of hurt a little bit i gave three and a half stars the first time i watched it because i had so much fun i'd say three stars this time around because i knew kind of the beats going in but still i think this is the perfect uh, watch with your friends uh, it's, it's short it's funny uh, we had a lot of fun on movie night and you know we have a lot of fun on most movie nights to be honest with you so people should come to our discord and uh, join those it's usually the last friday of the month it's this month in May. It's going to be the Friday before because I'm in te I'm a Texas Frightmare for the last Friday of the month. So if you want to join in, you know, just join our Discord and we'll talk about how to do it from there. Alrighty, everyone. So uh, from here on out, we are going to pay memory to our great friend Chuck, who of course we lost just last week. Um, he'll be greatly missed. Uh, we asked all of our listeners to if they would like to to submit either audio memories of chuck or you know through text as well if they would like so we are going to read those memories of chuck uh and also play the audio ones as well so yeah so this is how we are going to end the episode so you know we're going to play this all out um i think we'll play out with the audio so yeah let's uh we can get started here. All right. So we're going to start by reading uh, the ones that we received through uh, text. Uh, we're going to kind of go around Robin. We have two each here, and then we'll go into the ones who sent us, you know, kind of an audio memorial for Chuck. Um, so thank you, everyone who sent in. You know, he meant a lot to our uh, kind of a podcast community, people on our Discord that have gotten to know him and stuff. So I, we just want to kind of you know, for him and his family, just say a couple words. So I'm going to start off. Uh, this one is from Kayla. She says, Chuck, buddy, I can't even bring up words to say. It's still unbelievable to think of you not being here. I'm still expecting you, your quick comebacks and jokes. You have been just a big part of our Discord family. Sending all of my positive vibes to Teddy and the rest of the family. We love you, buddy, and we'll forever miss you. Fly high and easy, and kick it with the greats wherever you are. So thank you, Kayla. 
Thank you, Kayla. All right, this next one comes to us from Patty. And she said, my favorite memory of Chuck is every Friday, a new episode would drop and there would be his audio questions asking the squad. Some of them were random or fun questions, but they would make me feel like I'm hanging out with him as well. I'm sure as everyone in this group and I will truly miss his jokes and questions. Take care. You will be surely be missed and loved um, by everyone in here. And that comes to us from Patty. Thank you, Patty. Thank you. Okay, this one is from Missy. Although I didn't know you well, I enjoy the times we were able to interact through online hangouts with the podcast and messages online. You had such a great sense of humor and had a way of bringing a smile to everyone's face. I look forward to hearing your voice on the audio questions every week. How you thought of some of the crazy questions you asked, I'll never know, but that's what made you Chuck. Your absence will be deeply felt we love who you were, and this whole group was touched by your gentle nature, your kind heart, and your great humor. Rest in peace, Captain Amazing. That's from Missy. Um, so next one here is from M. First off, I want to extend my condolences to Chuck's family. What an amazing guy to have affected so many people that he hasn't even physically met. That takes a special person. While I didn't know him super well, every conversation I've had with him was great. He always made me laugh, and he had such a big heart. I wish we had more of him in the world. I'm so heartbroken that he isn't here, but I know he would want us to keep pushing forward and smile when we think of him. To all of his closest friends and family, I hope you can find peace and take your own time to grieve. Please remember there are resources out there, and our Discord family is always there to lean on. I love you all. Rest in peace, Chuck. We miss you. Very well said. All right, this next one comes to us from Kate. And she said, I never met Chuck in person, but he definitely made an impact on my life. He was very nice to me and made me laugh on so many occasions. The podcast just won't be the same without his voice. He will live on forever in our memories and in our podcast. We will never stop talking about him. And I know will always be with us. Chuck, we love you, buddy. Love, Kate. Nice. All right, this is from Dr. Guts for Chuck. Chuck, man, I didn't get to know you for as long as I would have liked to, but the time that we spend together is time I'll never forget. We are all better for having known you. I will forever treasure the night we got to play at games together. Rest easy, brother. We miss you. So thank you, everyone, who sent in a, uh, a text note. Now we're going to go into the audio uh, notes that we got there are i think like seven of them so just listen in and um, we'll be back after the audio memorials hello squad cody here what can i say that has been said about our boy chuck already he was a kind caring soul who always wanted to help and make you laugh in the few short years that i knew him he became one of my best friends and I'll miss him terribly. His daily comments and interactions on Discord, his funny memes and videos. It's going to be a darker world without him in it. Though I'll never get to meet him in Texas now, I hope one day, somehow, I'll get to see him again. And I'm sure he would agree that the best of him is still here in Teddy. Teddy, he loved you and talked about you all the time. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to the episode, bittersweet as it will be. 
I have wrote and rewrote so many times, recorded and re-recorded even more. Nobody was as good at this as Chuck was. He somehow made this effortless and I'm going to do my best. But Chuck, you're one of a kind. You helped so many people through difficult times. You dropped everything no matter what you had going on. It was just who you were. You had an incredible skill even from great distance. You knew how to make people feel loved and special and cared for and supported. You knew how to make people smile and laugh when they needed it most. You loved big, but we loved you even bigger. To Chuck's family and friends, and of course, Teddy, we are sending you nothing but our love and our deepest condolences, but also our gratitude for sharing such an amazing person with us. There's a whole felt in our Discord family. And to Chuck, thank you for your friendship. We miss and love you. Hey, Horror Squad. This is Asa, a.k.a. Raining Blood. I just wanted to send my condolences to Chuck's family. Chuck was an awesome guy and truly one of a kind. I am so grateful that I got a chance to know him. I always loved his questions on the podcast, and I will truly miss our gaming sessions, Horror Squad, Zoom calls, and amazing Discord discussions. Fly high, my brother. Hey, Horror Squad Pod. This is Shaylin, a.k.a. Little Three Chord Me. Chuck was an amazing person. He made everybody feel included, important, supported. He was an amazing storyteller and always made everybody laugh every time on our little movie night hangouts. Like he had everybody just like laughing so hard. And I'm still in shock to this day that we're not going to get to talk anymore. I'm so disappointed that I will never get to meet him in person, but I am incredibly grateful that for almost almost two years now that I got to get to know him through our little Discord family, and I will never forget him. Miss you, Chuck. Hey, Horse Squad. Eric here with a few things to say about our brother, Chuck. We lost a big part of our family recently. Chuck was like the brother I never had, and I think a lot of us felt that way. He was always there whenever anybody needed him, whether to make you laugh, encourage you, or send you some ridiculous video or meme that he found online. This is a devastating loss that is going to take a long time to heal from. We may not have met Chuck, but him and Teddy had become family to many of us. While he never said this to me, I think Chuck believed that laughter was the best medicine. He wouldn't want us to be sad right now, even though we will be. As a matter of fact, he'd probably threaten to kick our asses if we were. So, I say we come together and celebrate the memory of our brother. We miss you and love you, buddy. Okay, take 1,864. <laughs> this is a creature feature. Um, I know this is supposed to be for Chuck, and it is in a way. Um, there's a million things that I want to say to him, but there is absolutely nothing that I haven't already said to you over the last week, wherever you are, Chuck. I really do want to give a huge shout out, though, to our Horse Squad family. 
Steve, Todd, Joe, you really brought together the best group of people. We have honestly, truly really come to care for each other over the last few years. And we're going to have a hard time going forward without Chuck. But I want to say that I love y'all and the friendships that we've freaking established. And for Chuck, you heard about Pluto? That's messed up, right? Hey, Horror Squad and everybody listening. Um, I just wanted to come on here. I wasn't going to initially, but after seeing the love and support and from you guys and Discord members, um, I just want to say that Chuck was a one-of-a-kind human being. He was always there for us in our ups and downs, good days and bad days. He was there for us. He was just so happy, and he made other people happy too, and he was, every conversation I had with him, it was entertaining and ended with a joke and made made me smile. Um, and that's just who Chuck was. I'm sad that I won't ever get to meet him or tell him that how great of a guy he was but if he's listening i know he is um i just would like for him to know that um so he he loved all you guys i know you guys loved him back and if he were he i know he's up there just looking down cracking jokes and saying how much he how much he misses you guys and um yeah I just (laughs) he was just one of a kind in every sense of the word um one or two questions um do you guys remember or have a favorite audio that he ever sent in, um, whether it was goofy or serious, you know, that's just how Chuck was. And what was your favorite memory you shared with him, whether it be through meeting him or through chat? Um, cause you know, that would be an awesome thing to hear. Um, okay. Thank you guys so much for doing this is, this is incredible. This tribute um, to a great man and a great member of our squad that will always be with us. So thank you guys so much. So there it is. Thank you everybody who sent in their uh, messages, whether it was audio or text. We really appreciate everyone. Like, like we said a million times, Chuck meant so much to a lot of us. He was just the best person ever. Kalen there at the end actually had a couple questions for us about Chuck. So I think there's no better way to honor him than to answer questions about him as opposed to uh, questions from him. So his first question was, what were some of the audio questions that he asked that stand out to you? No, I mean, Chuck always, you know, had had great questions. Uh, 
you know, and fun fact, like me and Todd actually didn't get to hear him a lot of the times, like until we, until we like heard it back from the show, Steve would kind of talk to them, but I always made sure to go back and listen. So I could just hear Chuck's voice on the episode. Uh, Cause I loved hearing him, but yeah, I mean, I always loved, you know, his like crazy, crazy, crazier type questions. I always enjoyed his, uh, his Mary fuck kills as well. Those are always really fun and they're always usually something really wild. So yeah. Yeah. I mirror that. He always come up to questions that were like just fucking stupid for lack of a better term. And it just made everyone like, what? Like he would be the guy that would ask like, would you rather fight a uh, hundred duck sized horses or, you know, stuff like that. We're just like stupid questions, but you're like, holy shit, let me really, let me really think about this. So he would always ask something that while on the surface level was pretty dumb, deeper made his talk. And that was the whole point of questions. Right. So yeah, that's a that's a huge black hole. Yeah, absolutely. He he had just the craziest questions at times. And someone in our Discord in the last week pointed out that his final question on this podcast was something along the lines of, well, would you rather have sex at the Super Bowl or uh, like on live TV, you know, with your partner uh, for everyone to see or get kicked by a horse three times? Uh, at some point in your Why life three times it's like so, <laughs> so specific and the and it's crazy because the very last thing he put into our discord was so i i basically replied on the discord you know people were starting to talk about that episode as it came out uh, that friday that um i could avoid a fucking horse <laughs> you know like it's just it doesn't make sense and he said uh i say nay like a horse you know, the horse will find you in your bedroom while you sleep. And that was his final, like, public comment on our Discord. And it just, it was so Chuck, you know? And I love him for it. (laughs) All right, so uh, the second question from Calum was basically, what is your favorite Chuck memory? Um, I remember, (laughs) I I remember, I, I didn't attend many of the movie clubs unfortunately but there was one i attended when we were just like really having a great time and then chuck decided to share like pictures of like him like hat like completely like naked like on like a bearskin rug i think or something like that they were just like the wildest pictures ever and it was so fucking funny and i actually think they're they might be buried somewhere in the discord i I don't remember i think he posted them on there but that was just just pure chuck I remember waking up and looking at Discord because I didn't go to that movie night and chatting you guys like, what the fuck happened? Because it was just naked pictures of Chuck in the group, which at that point, I didn't know Chuck that well. So it's just a completely random. Um, for me, a couple of them stand out. One was a movie night where I don't remember exactly what he said, but it looked like he was fucking sleeping. Like the camera was on the side. His eyes were closed. He was all bundled up, his arms around his chest. And everyone's like, oh, Chuck's asleep. And then just like, doesn't miss a beat. Doesn't open his eyes. Just says something like, no, I'm not. (laughs) But never opens his eyes. It just keeps sleeping. Um, And then another one was we've been doing Friday night um, Xbox Live nights pretty consistently. And uh, yeah, we get on Friday the 13th and it doesn't doesn't take long for chuck to fucking say something or do something or interact with another player on that game to make everyone just fucking laugh and um he's yeah great community timing man so yeah chuck and i just had like this relationship of 
trying to like make each other laugh all the time. You know, we chat pretty much every day with stupid memes or gifts or whatever the case may be. And some of those movie nights, he would often be the first person to show up to a movie night. Like as soon as I turn on, you know, the, the zoom uh, Chuck, usually Chuck or Cody or both at the same time would be the first ones in. And we just immediately start laughing about some stupid movie we watched or some stupid like TikTok we watched. But one of those nights, uh, we were just all pretty wasted. I think it was late in the night. And we, because of like, we have our movie night kind of, you know, sub discord, like a category in discord and not everyone can make it every week. He and I just decided let's put the most random pictures and most random shit because then it'll make people who are not on the movie night wonder what the hell is going on tonight. And we're just trying to outdo each other and make more and more ridiculous pictures. And it's just, we had such a good laugh about it. Just thinking like somebody who's not on the movie night, like why is there a half naked Japanese man cutting sausage? <laughs> like, what are they talking about that prompted them to post this? And we're, oh my God, we're having so much fun. And that's what I'm going to miss most about Chuck is just those random fucking moments that we had shared together. So that, those were the questions. I thought we'd each kind of say our final piece to Chuck and his family who are listening. Uh, they did reach out to us and told us that they'd be listening. And I really appreciate, you know, them kind of reaching out. And I mean, his, his uncle, his aunt, his brother, his mom all reached out to us and told us how much he meant how much our podcast meant to him and i can only say infinitely he meant so much to our podcast uh he was like basically you know our fourth member and yeah i so yeah each we could each say our kind of final thoughts and then we'll end the show yeah i mean it's just tragic you know um chuck was just so young and he had so much more life in him um, and I just, my heart goes out to his family and especially Teddy, um, Teddy carry on that, that horror love that your dad had. Um, you're, you're going to be a great, you're a great young man and a great guy. Um, you know, I'm sure, you know, Chuck will be watching over you and, um, you know, protect you and you'll have, you have a great life ahead of you. Uh, Chuck. Yeah. I mean, you're, it won't the show won't be the same without you um those audio questions every week were just always fantastic amazing they really uh added to the show and made the show even even better um and you definitely made the show better every single week so um we'll carry on in your memory and we love you and you'll be greatly missed buddy uh, Teddy, if you're able to continue listening to us, you always have a, you know, opportunity to talk to us and listen to the show, and uh, hopefully you grow, you grow up continuing to like horror like your old man did, um, and then you can come in and write into us and take over your dad's mantle of, of sending in questions. We're all about it. Um, as for Chuck, uh, he, yeah, he's the type of person that just would put comedy and making you laugh or another person laugh above all else right and was the type of personality that you were just drawn to because he was just um he's a big jolly goofy ridiculous nice um 
great man, you know, at the end of the day. And we haven't been able to play Xbox because it, it fucking sucks without him, you know. Uh, we'll be doing Memorial and Friday the 13th, the game on Friday for him. Um, keep that going. And um, what I something that really stands out about him is that he was always open to poke fun at himself as well and not take things seriously. Uh, I remember he posted something about him going to prom and he's, he's a big man. And I'm like, yeah, man, you got that off offensive lineman build. And he quickly just takes that joke and runs with it and carries on and just like keeps piling on. And it was, it's a fun group because we're able to mess around like that. And he was the, he was the one that, uh, that ran that whole thing. So um, you're missed thoughts and prayers to your family. Of course, Teddy, come see us and um, you know, may you rest in peace. Yeah, um, this past week has been very difficult. Uh, having Chuck just not there for a lot of things, you know, as I'm watching Carousel, uh, I was thinking of, you know, oh, I wonder what I'd be talking to Chuck, you know, about this. And for our other show, Let's XP Geek and Game podcast, which we're also doing a memorial episode to Chuck, which that's coming out next week. Uh, I watch, We're watching three Jean-Claude Van Damme films that he really loved. And each time I was watching those movies, I kept thinking, oh, my God, I love to talk to Chuck about this because I know he'd have some kind of insight or joke or something because he loved those films. And same thing with gaming. I'm playing Power Wash Simulator, and he loved that game, you know, and I, it's just something we shared. It's it, That's the void that Chuck had because I, like, there's so many things in my life that my first thought was I need to talk to Chuck about it. And, you know, and in a weird way, I kind of talk to him as if he's next to me now, you know, kind of carrying on his, you know, his legacy in me. He changed me as a person and I'll forever be grateful. I'm going to miss him so, so, so much to his family. You know, I, this must have been a really tough uh, week for you guys. But, you know, we're here for any of you if you ever need um, Teddy. You know, this is not the last you're going to hear from us. I guarantee it. Uh, you know, we're we love your dad and we're we're there for you buddy um for sure and you know i also want to shout out our discord you know we talk about every single week when we talk about our discord we say how group great great group it is and all that stuff you know we lost two people in our discord in the last month and i thought man this is going to be the end because it's just it's such a big void in that group but everyone has come together and they've been so cool just being there for each other and being there for us, the amount of DMs I got and just messages and them making sure we're okay. It's just, it's overwhelming. And this, it really is the best group ever. And they love Chuck. You know, you heard all those memorials from people. Uh, a lot of people, you know, they, they were very shy about putting audio. That's why they don't send audio questions, but they did it anyway, because for Chuck, it's, it's a totally different ball game and everyone loved him. And the last thing I want to say is on our Discord over the last week, a lot of people are saying this is the last thing Chuck, you know, wrote to me. Uh, you know, whether it's on Xbox or on uh, Discord or on uh, you know Instagram or TikTok or whatever, there and everyone was kind of sharing their last things, and I kind of kept quiet throughout the whole process because the last thing, the very last thing that we like, I guess, DM'd each other is going to end up being significant for our show. Uh, so with the blessing of his family, because I did ask, um, the very last thing Chuck sent me is an audio clip. Uh, a few weeks ago, 
we were doing news and Joe mentioned that it or Todd mentioned one of the two mentioned that it'd be cool if we had an intro to our new segment and just put it out there you know does anyone have like a cool little jingle or something that we could kind of lead into our new segment sure enough Chuck like Batman answers the call and he sent us this little jingle uh, not a jingle like this little like kind of joke leading into that segment and it's in Chuck's voice and I, I him and Hod and I told this you know the other two members should, should we use it you know is it going to be tough and then it just like it was obvious so we are going to keep using it with his family's blessing you will keep hearing Chuck on our podcast because he is a part of it and every time we have our new segment I'm going to use that little kind of 10 second intro so that Chuck is still a part of our experience because that's how much he meant to us we needed to have that chuck love every it's going to be every two weeks because it's news so that's the last thing i want to say chuck will live on through this podcast um you know for as long as it lasts so chuck i absolutely love you man and i miss you terribly love you love you mean it love you mean it uh love you mean it can't wait for the episode. Bye.